Hey traders, it's Nicholas Puri here. Welcome to episode four of the Duomo Trading Podcast. Today we're going to be following on from the topic that we discussed in the last episode, in episode three, which is the potential bubble that's building in the US in terms of consumer credit. Now in the last episode we were discussing real estate and this potential real estate bubble that's happening and how there's this build up of loans and the situation's looking very weak and fragile. And today we're going to be discussing something very similar which is car loans and how this is affecting the automotive industry and how also it's looking like a potential bubble that is in a fragile situation. So for this episode, once again, I've got Lorenzo Berriotta, who is our Chief Economist at Puricasar AG. So we'll get started talking about this topic. Hi, Lorenzo. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, uh, Nicolas. Thanks for having me. So we've already discussed in a previous podcast about the, the situation with credit and this whole deleveraging situation, which we had discussed in some previous research earlier in the year. Now, since January, we've been sitting on this research regarding the car loan side of things. So we've already gone into the real estate. So I thought in this podcast, we'll start to touch upon that subject a bit more and explore what the issues are there. So maybe just to kick things off, you could talk us through a little bit what the situation is and why it's such an issue. Sure. Uh, thanks for the question. Well, yes, it's definitely, it, it is an issue. Um, and it's been on the news lately, so it's it's a good time to uh, offer a perspective on this. Uh, let me first uh, start by saying that you know uh, car loans are very particular, and uh, compared to other formal loans, uh, in particularly say house or, or or other you know type of loans, they have a they're very special because of course, especially in the U.S., they are the first loans that need to be satisfied mm -hmm. uh, in the sense that. Without a car in the U.S., as you may imagine, it's it's pretty difficult to make a living. Yeah. I mean, it's difficult to reach, you know, your um, to go to to have a job, to reach, you know, your work destination, to be able to move around. So, um, it, it's definitely the first type of loan that needs to be satisfied before any other kind of financial obligation is is met. Which means that this is particularly mm -hmm. relevant and crucial, and there's, um, you know, the the, the average household uh, tends to, you know, use all the financial means available uh, in order to to satisfy these obligations. So I guess it's on a, a level with the real estate then that both very important things that need to be satisfied ahead of anything else. That if people are having trouble with it, then it's a absolutely, big absolutely, probably, yeah. According to, to some research, even more important than real estate, because eventually, uh, the, I mean, your house can be uh, repossessed, but mm -hmm. you, you literally cannot live without, without having a car. Okay. Um, and so that being said, I mean, we, we have observed here the same type of trend that we've seen in other type of loans. So, of course, the overall risk uh, has been increasing for several quarters now. Mm -hmm. And, of course, the growth of the overall amount of loan has been increased as well. Um, and it has reached now a, an interesting level. We're in the region of $1.2 trillion of, of outstanding car loans. And this is higher than the since before the financial crisis. It's now reached that sort of level where Indeed. we obviously had the crash during 2008. And now it's ended up coming back to above that level. Indeed, it is. Indeed, it is. And, of course... Uh, in a, according to a similar trend as you know the previous the uh, before the previous crisis, we also have to note that a vast the vast majority of these uh, of these loans are subprimes, which means that the um, uh, I mean when the people that took these loans actually do not offer 
the the basic sort of uh, uh, credit score that do not satisfy the basic uh, credit uh, um, requirements and so i mean this is uh, this is a reason for concern mm-hmm. that was obviously a big thing during the financial crisis was the subprime became such a big issue but just going back to before the the mm. subprime um, from the, the research that we did and, and for people listening that will be released this week as an article um, it was sort of seemed like it may be a situation of like the chicken and the egg where is it because that the rates are low that people are buying cars or is it that that's just sort of facilitating what they would be doing already with the buying of cars at the moment like obviously the the sales are increasing but as rates have been low it sort of facilitates this sort of credit environment well, I would say that you know it's it's a potent factor of distortion in the market. Uh, so definitely, I mean, the uh, cheap credit available as well as the low rates are a huge incentive, you know, for uh, consumers to go and and refinance, you know, their loans for either a new car or an existing car. So definitely, I mean, it's it's a factor that distorts the you know the the natural um, the natural work of the market there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I would say that yes, it's it's a um, it's a factor of distortion, and uh, is is particularly uh, is a particular reason of concern because the vast uh, as I was saying the vast majority of uh, of the loans out there are um, subprime in a in a ratio that is way above what we used to have in the um, as compared to the uh, the uh, household loans, mm-hmm. and also in, there is a difference between um, the um, the average length. Because the average car loans is about 66 months in terms of your uh, uh, average uh, household with uh, you know a satisfactory credit score, but it's much higher. It's seven to two months, and probably is rising as we speak when it comes to subprime uh, loans. In this case, it's it's really a problem because of course this long payback uh, sometimes end up outweighing. The, the car's value. So basically, what happened is that you know, as the uh, seventy-two months, I mean, it's what five years. Mm-hmm. So in five years' time, basically, the overall uh, value of the car ends up being less than what is actually you know what the the household actually owes in terms of uh, in terms of the loan, which is a problem because that forces once again the household to refinance it. So go and and buy a new car or a new car, and this you know sort of triggers an endless cycle. Yeah, and so it's a sort of a it's a it's a cycle that sustains itself in a way. I think the stats were showing something like it it was about twenty five percent or something of the used sales are with negative equity. So with Indeed, those, yes. I, I don't know how many of those are f- from subprime, but obviously that those stats are increasing. I think it's gone up from something like twenty percent. Is it since two thousand and eleven? So in yes. five years, it's gone up quite a lot. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, the percentage of loans made to non uh, to non prime borrowers is well in excess of fifty percent. Mm-hmm. So that's uh, that's already uh, you know a pretty frightening figure, if you ask me. And of course, there's this uh, positive correlation between the credit worthiness as well as the loan duration. The le- actually, it's inverse. The less credit worthiness, I mean, the less credit worthy the household is. The longer is the loan duration, so this is a is a bit of a perverse cycle, uh, that of course is is going to lead to potentially you know a burst of this bubble uh, mm-hmm. sometimes in the future. What I found interesting is that as opposed to with the the real estate situation we found where it's a lot of non bank players that are involved, 
isn't it the opposite with this that most of the the lending is coming from banks like they're they're quite heavily exposed that is increased uh what i'm seeing here is it from 33 percent or yes um they definitely banks and credit unions have experienced sort of the largest growth in mm -hmm. in relative terms so yes they are heavily involved in this so uh when and if and when you know the the, the bubble will burst definitely they will be you know they will be impacted according to sort of uh, the, the latest stats that we have available you're looking at basically yeah 50 percent more or less give or take mm -hmm. of um you know of banks and uh, all the uh, given the 100 percent of the overall credit made available 50 percent comes from banks and credit unions so they're they're definitely on the hook yeah so we have obviously um sort of the lower credit scores that are getting lending for this over longer durations which Indeed, yes. is increasing risk but obviously they they sort of charge higher interest rates based on that risk so they're kind of covering themselves but it only becomes an issue when people actually start to default on that because that's when the 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 sort of credit the lender stops receiving money and we're sort of seeing now that there are increases in delinquency rates um, yes there are yes absolutely and of course these increase in delinquency rate is positive correlated with uh, you know with the fact of you know household being a known sort of a, a non-prime borrower so yeah. uh, the less credit worthy the easier and the you know the the, the quickest you know the, the delinquency um, I mean it's, it's it's much easier for them to become delinquent yeah so there is this correlation yes and just for the people listening can we clarify what is delinquent for just so everyone's clear about you know the sort of terminology and everything Yes, well, basically, depending on which criteria you use, is delinquency means that uh, an household or a borrower has been unable to meet the payments for a period that is in excess of 60 days. In some cases, the, some other uh, stats consider 90 days, so mm -hmm. it's two months. If you're not able to make you know, the payments for two consecutive months, that is start to be considered a delinquency. Mm -hmm. And we're seeing from the, the stats regarding delinquency rates that there's in particular it's the the sort of southern states that are that are um, suffering most from the higher delinquencies or at least the yes. lower amounts of people servicing their debt anyway yeah there is these interesting you know correlations between uh certain states in the united states and of course the rate of delinquency and you can see that there might be again a correlation between um, the, the development of oil, the, the oil industry, or you know the, uh, the the sudden crisis that happened, you know, in in the oil and the fracking, particularly the fracking industry in the U.S. and of course the delinquency rate. So if you sort of um, uh, compare both chart, having both maps, you know, hand in hand, you see that you know there's a, there's a quite interesting overlap there. Yeah, which shows then how everything's so closely linked. So it has, yes. So what's the the current situation now that obviously this this research is based on what's been happening over the the last few years and and quarters and and how that's progressed since then. So what's the sort of latest situation? Well, the latest development is that despite all the incentives being there, so you know cheap credit, um, long you know repayment periods, as we said for non-prime borrowers, is in excess of five years, low interest rates. Uh, lately, uh, what we have been experiencing is uh, a reverse of the trend. So the overall um, sales of both new cars and used cars are gradually slowing down. 
mm-hmm. which you know it's probably too early to say whether this is really a, a reversal <laughs> speaking of technical analysis or yeah. w- 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 it's just you know a natural a natural decrease of the trend but i mean it's definitely an inflection point mm-hmm. and now it remains to be seen whether it will turn into something you know stronger that represents as i said the reversal or i mean whether sales will start to pick up again in the remainder of the year so let's see is there any sort of timeline that you'd be expecting that you could tell whether it's a reversal or just a, a sort of blip on the the overall progress it's difficult to say now um, because as we were discussing everything is so uh, correlated mm-hmm. so I mean the, what's happening here in the uh, you know in the Carlos is deeply correlated with what's happening in other you know credit markets or so households as well as credit cards etc we also need to keep in mind the uh, latest monetary developments uh, you know the US the, what's happening with the US dollar what's happening in the gold market etc so it's difficult to provide the timeline here mm-hmm. uh, let's just say that i mean it's something that needs to be observed in the uh, in the span of uh, some a few months so if you know this this trend progresses this this so this sort of slowing of the new sales of this of the sales of new and used car progresses in the next two three months and any sort of uh, remains then i mean that could be that could be considered a, an inflection point well, I guess this is going to be something that we'll pick up again in a future podcast, probably in a few months' time. But in the meantime, for those listening, we're going to be releasing this piece of research as an article this week and in the usual places. So keep an eye out for that. And otherwise, thanks for joining us, Lorenzo. Thank you. Pleasure. Have a good day. So, guys, that's the end of episode four of the Duomo Trading Podcast. I hope you found this topic as interesting as I did. It's always a pleasure to talk through these sort of things with Lorenzo. And this topic in particular is going to become more of an issue. It's going to be spoken about a lot more in the financial media. So it's definitely a good idea to get clued up on it right now. If you've got any questions about this topic or about anything else, either for myself or for Lorenzo, then please do get in touch. You can email us at contactduomo at duomoinitiative.com. If you like this podcast, don't forget to leave a rating, recommend it, share it with your friends, and we'll be back with another episode very soon. So thanks a lot for listening. Take care, guys. See you soon. <laughs>